Welcome to Data Driven Recruiting. In this podcast, we talk about strategies and techniques for leveraging objective talent data to improve hiring processes. Welcome back to Data Driven Recruiting. My name is Sophia Beck, and I'm joined by my co host, Tigran Sloyan. Hey, Sophia. So today we're talking about reimagining technical sourcing. So first, I guess let's start with how do people do technical sourcing today? Yeah. Yeah. And then we can dive into what's the problem with that and how we could do it differently. So the way normally technical sourcing happens today, right? Most Mm -hmm. people use predominantly LinkedIn Recruiter, right? Mm -hmm. I think there are some platforms that people use to source, but LinkedIn Recruiter is still the predominant way that people use to source. Uh, You start with setting several filters, and those filters start from... Most importantly, I think, uh, years of experience, right? That's like mm-hmm. number one filter that everybody puts on. We want like four to five years or like eight plus years experience right. uh, from the candidate. Next come the uh, skill set requirements, right? Mm-hmm. Like what kind of keywords do we expect to see on our profile? So like we want them to know Java, C++, you know, JavaScript, yada, yada, yada. Sometimes it even goes deeper into like we want them to know very specific technologies, right? right? So like... Hadoop or Spark if you're hiring for like a data engineer or something Mm -hmm. like that. And then sometimes it even gets worse and then people start applying like company filters. Yeah, people who worked at Google or LinkedIn and and so on. Yeah. So like as we are adding filters or search criteria into this search, we're getting fewer and fewer and fewer. Fewer and fewer and fewer. And the worst part is, well, everybody else is doing that too. So like the (laughs) candidate pool is getting small. And the number of companies and sourcers and recruiters who are doing that is Mm -hmm. very, very large. And this is literally like the formula that everybody follows. People think of it as a best practice. Right, it's the best practice. Yeah, but I guess then if everyone is doing it, then... Then you, know. you get a large number of people targeting a very small group of candidates, yeah. which leads to insane salary negotiations, where right. insane competition, to a bunch of engineers writing as their title on LinkedIn, mm. recruiters, please do not reach out to me. Right. <laughs> it's, it's it's it creates a lot of noise, right? Because right. it's like per average, you know, the people who fits into this cat- category will get, you know, 10 reach outs per month. Or, Sometimes or even more. Yeah, yeah, I've had people get multiple reach outs a day. So yeah. like, you know, it's it's getting insane. It's noisy. Especially yeah. in Bay Area, I guess one important filter we forgot to mention is that mm-hmm. like location, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of the time location becomes a key filter as well. So it essentially becomes like a very small percentage or concentrated in a specific uh, region. Mm-hmm. So you know, a lot of bombarding the same people from the right. large set of companies. Yeah. Uh, so what could you do differently, right? So, mm-hmm. and I've been advocating for this for a long time, especially in technical recruiting, where it's mm-hmm. a lot more objective because what people are trying to do by adding all of these labels mm-hmm. is use proxies to identify something, right? So like right. when you say three to four years of experience or like six plus years of experience, what you're really saying is that we want someone who didn't just learn to code, right? Like we want someone who has built experience building applications and experience building maybe data structures or Mm -hmm. whatever, right? Like done it it at least once or twice, not the first time ever applying theories to the real life, but somebody who's done the real life work. Right. So, but on LinkedIn, when you say I want five plus years of experience, that translates to industry experience, which means I've graduated at least five years plus years ago and Mm -hmm. I've been working as an engineer there, all right? 
But one thing that's been changing very, very rapidly in the past 10 to 20 years is that software development is getting like younger and younger. Mm -hmm. Because these days, people get introduced to coding and software engineering at a very young age. Right. I mean, my kid is six, she's already coding. And that's not new, right? And, like, and we've seen, like, during the dot-com bubble, which was almost 20 years ago, right. you know, people coming out with the websites at age 12 and making a lot of money. So th those IPO, people, right? yeah, so those people <laughs> yeah. must be now 32 or yeah. they have with 20 years of experience. experience right. right. So, like, these days, when you actually look at uh, some of the people who are just coming out of school or like maybe one or two years out of school, mm -hmm. they're not one or two years experience. I mean, that's right. the old model where you yeah. first got introduced to coding when you were a junior or a senior in mm -hmm. college. Nowadays, not everybody, right? Of course, right. that's not to say that everybody's like that, but a lot of 20 to 25 year olds have mm -hmm. like 10 to 15 years of experience doing software development, building really advanced applications. Right. Sure, maybe they're not they haven't been working with like distributed systems or building massive scale applications because mm -hmm. they haven't really worked at a massive company. But I have seen very few companies that really have that as a key requirement for the role because right. very few people get to, at a, even a large company get to work on like distributed systems and working, mm -hmm. making things work on like very large infrastructure. Right. So, you know, eliminating some of those biases, right? And like going wide. So mm -hmm. when you're sourcing, just going like really, really wide casting a very, very wide net. Mm -hmm. And then as you get interest, because that, that's the hardest part, right? Like there's thousands of companies that are trying to recruit for engineers. Mm -hmm. The hardest part is like, does anybody even want to work for you? So once you can get interest, can solicit interest from a certain group of individuals and candidates, then you can move on to more objective evaluations, to more fair evaluations of skill. Mm -hmm. to say like, okay, I want you to know this languages, I want you to have this level of proficiency right. in these technologies, mm -hmm. and here is an assessment that you can take, which will identify whether you have those proficiencies or you don't. If you do, your years of experience doesn't matter, mm -hmm. what your resume said about the company you worked at or like the school you went to doesn't matter. Yeah. If you do, then you should be qualified for the job. So. You know, some some listeners might think that, you know, the th things that I've heard from many technical recruiters is mm -hmm. we're not Google. We don't have the brand. Like, sure. how am I going to get people interested in, sure. you know, us in general? Like, right. we're just like, you know, coming with a not as a great shiny things yeah. to attract them. Yeah. Like, what, what would you say to that for this new approach? Well, it's actually the other way around in my mind because when you're reaching out to a select group of like highly experienced, good pedigree people, mm -hmm. well, the, your chances of getting a response are even lower as a low brand company because you know they're getting reached out by a bunch of very the big brand companies. Ones, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas those candidates that don't normally look good on paper, don't have the right years of experience, don't have the right sort of set of technologies or the right keywords on their LinkedIn profiles, right. uh, they get a lot less attention. Mm -hmm. uh, and when you do reach out, your chances, even as a not a very well-known company, mm -hmm. to actually get any sort of uh, you know, interest are higher. And of course, there is like the alternative approach as well, which is instead of you specifically reaching out, mm -hmm. like organizing things like events or some sort of campaigns mm -hmm. to have them come to you as well. Yeah. Uh, so like one of the notable ones is one of our customers doing a campaign that was called Can You Solve That It? 
where mm -hmm. they literally put out a website. It was called Can You Solve That It? Where they invited every developer to attempt to solve a, a technical challenge that was relevant to their company. Mm -hmm. And anybody who was able to solve that basically became a candidate. Right? Like it yeah. completely neglects what their LinkedIn profile says. Right. It just gives an opportunity to cast a very wide net mm -hmm. and identify the right candidates and who it, can do the job. And it seems like that's also an opportunity to really bring your brand out there mm -hmm. to a large number of people and say, hey, look, we care about your skills and ability, sure. not about pedigree. So exactly. like this is how we're going to do our recruiting. And I think that's also a bold statement to to the potential candidates yeah. instead of just being one of those, you know, one of those companies who's like trying to get your attention, but here is like, you know. Yeah, a company that's doing it the right, the yeah, right way and yeah. doing the right thing. Great. Absolutely. Yeah, all right, so uh, could you summarize today's bottom line? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, the bottom line would be that uh, we should sort of put away our old assumptions around mm -hmm. that like, Exper what experience really means, what experience really translates to, and what keywords on the resume translate to, and start thinking about a top-of-the-line sourcing from a different angle. The angle of like, it's about who can we get interested in our company, mm -hmm. and then from there effectively figure out who's actually qualified from the job from those that are interested. Yeah, well, thank you for your insights, and thank you for listening in. We'll see you next time.